Hey, I'm Max. And I'm Cade. Hey, Cade. I heard you just spilt a bunch of wine all over your favorite shirts. Well, Max, I am quite the oaf when it comes to drinking. I tried to hold my pinky up and things didn't turn out the way I had anticipated. But uh, I went online, got some new shirts at onceuponatea.net. And for those of you who do not know what onceuponatea.net is, uh, Once Upon a Tea offers you the chance to support artists and their designs on things such as men's and women's apparel, posters, blankets, tote bags, coasters, and a whole lot more. Every week they offer brand new designs inspired by movies, TV shows, video games, and more. They're giving us the chance to save you, the listener, 10% while shopping at onceuponatea.net by entering promo code RAGCHU at checkout. That's promo code RAGCHU for 10% off. Support independent artists and, of course, the podcasts by shopping at onceuponatea.net. Now, let's jump into the episode. to rag chew if you're as curious as a kitty cat as i am make sure to go follow us on facebook and twitter at rag chew podcast i'm max and i have as much authority as the pope i just don't have as many people who believe it <laughs> hey i'm Cade, and the middle ages were also called the dark ages because there were too many nights Dun-dun-tsh. <laughs> you know, we both kind of went with like crusady jokes here. I feel yeah, like yeah, without know? without telling each like I, we talked about this in the pretty much the first episode. Like we don't tell each other ahead of time, but I had I had picked this out a little bit ago. I don't know. I thought it was. I didn't think you uh, would get it quite as quickly as uh, last week's uh, with the 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 food coloring and the dye. Um, okay, what is that, that supposed even to mean? That Hold, one on. Was... Hold on, let's pause that there. What is that supposed to mean, okay? Because it's like, it's because it's, it's. I didn't put enough emphasis on nights. Oh, you know? oh mm, mm, mm. okay, good yeah. to know. No. K, K, you K-I-N. You basically think I'm a K-I-N. dumbass, Cade, thanks. Ah, <laughs> uh, you said <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Not me. Jeez, what do you think this is? My first day on the job? <laughs> no, I, I I understood that one pretty quickly. I was I, I feel like since I was in the crusadey kind of kind of thoughts there, yeah, it was easy, you know. And I was thinking like, you know, uh, massive crusades where we all just kill a bunch of people, you know. It's made sense. Yeah, Knights was already on my mind, you know. It, yeah, I mean, you know, why not? I, I always I find I find that a fascinating time period. Like I generally get into. Um, stories and um, sometimes TV shows. It depends. That are based kind of around that sort of uh, deal, um, if, if you will. I don't know. I, I find it to be very interesting. And even like cartoons and stuff. Like uh, Disenchantment came out on Netflix, and I really got into it because it's kind of based around that time period. Um, Did you ever watch? I don't know. I probably only know like three medieval TV shows, and I'm thinking. Uh, Merlin, I guess that's never watched it. Okay, yeah, I I don't know much about it, but I only know of the name of it. Um, I'm thinking of Aragon right now, uh, the book. I didn't read it. You didn't read Aragon? Books were no. great. Movie was garbage. Anyone who uh, is listening and knows that, you know I'm right. Yeah, I never. Um, I don't read a lot. I think I've told you that before. Like, it's just not my thing. Kate. Like, I, I read when I was younger to get away from having to do additional schoolwork. It was it was easier. 
And that says an awful lot. This is why like, Cade I, is bad at directions, because he doesn't read. It's true. I love... <laughs> dude, it's crazy, because you would think of how much I enjoy like stories and stuff like that, that I would like reading more. But I just... Maybe I'm too lazy. I don't know. Maybe I'm not too lazy, because I enjoy um, digesting my stories in the form of video games. And I've talked about this before. It's my favorite way to digest stories. And a lot of people over the past couple of years have talked about how uh, like single-player campaign video games are dying, and it's all about multiplayer and this and that. And I don't believe that for a minute, because there's still so many good single-player games that are still coming out. And um, and I and I've gotten really into my talk to you, uh, you know, several episodes back. We talked about our favorite games, and I talked about how I fell in love with Halo's story, and I felt like Red Dead Redemption 2's like story, like still to this day, like I'm ready to go back and play it through again, and I plan on doing it whenever I have time in about five or six years. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, right now it's just it's not a I don't I just don't have time. I have too many I have too many games to play. I almost never have that problem, but I have too many games to play. And um, I really want to go back and play the PC version of it because I played it the first time on Xbox and the PC version is different. There's a few different items on it and I'm determined to go back and do that. But I just love, I love stories. I love taking them in that way. The Witcher 3 game was fantastic. The Witcher show is also fantastic. Would you say because it immerses you differently than a book does? Yeah, I, I think it's different. I think that the interactiveness is different. And the video games out there who... I'll give you a, a really good example of one that's getting ready to come out, and that's um, Cyberpunk 2077. But the games out there that give you the power of choice, I think, are more immersive. And, and Red Dead was the same thing. It gave you a lot of choice. Um, those games, to me, are more interesting because it gives you an opportunity to play it the way you want to play it and to tell the story the way you want to tell the story, as opposed to, like, um, like for books, I'll give you an example, and this is really gonna um throw it back and maybe simplify it more than it needs to but do you remember like when the goosebumps choose your own adventure books? yes where you flip to the next page like if you want to do this turn to page 17 absolutely like those were so cool because it was like you gave yourself the opportunity to choose and for a kid who was like not super into reading but like into um that i mean it, it gave me the feeling of i had control I guess was the moral of the story. And I like the feeling of when I'm telling a story or in, uh, digesting a story of like, I'm, I have some, I have some sort of stake in this is the moral. Uh, so when I don't have stake in it, I don't nearly, I don't get nearly as interested for uh, as long of a period of time. And when I was in fifth grade, I remember like, Oh, book report is due. And I'd be like, well, let me do one of those books. Cause I can get myself killed within 30 minutes. And then I'm done with it. <laughs> Cade outsmarting the system there, you genius. Yeah, several times I did that. I absolutely, I was like, you know what, Goosebumps, choose your own adventure. If I read through it quick enough, in 30 minutes or less, I can kill myself in the story and then I'm done. <laughs> I'll say, And it would save a lot of time. So, I, okay, I'm going to hit you with, though, maybe you haven't read the right book. And, and I get what you're saying is, I guess for you, you have to be captivated and you feel like you're a part of it. But, yeah. I don't know. I'll say, listen, there's some books, like nonfiction books, that I'll read. Like, okay, so I'll throw this out there. One of my favorite books, it's actually sitting right near me, um, is, uh, what is, oh my gosh, hold on. 
He's getting it. Stand by, folks. I can see he's got a Call of Duty Xbox in the background. I, I do, actually. <laughs> he does. Uh, it's an Xbox 360. Max still hasn't upgraded. <laughs> I have just, upgraded, thank you. Don't throw me under the bus I, like that. I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Oh, there it is. There it is. I found it. Xbox it was One. I see. I see his Xbox One underneath. Okay. It. It's Washington A Life by Ron Chernow. And about? he's the same give me, guy. A, give me a synopsis without a spoiler because, I mean, maybe we can start a rag chew like Book of the Month or something. Okay. I don't know. First of all, Cade, I know we're on video Holy. and the listeners aren't. This thing. Holy shit. I'm going to say this thing's. How big would you say this is? It's like a solid. Oof. Um, That's a huge bitch. How many pages would you say this book is? I would say that book is a very on par to, uh, you know, how I like my oatmeal, nice and thick. <laughs> I'm going to say this is at least eight inches thick, uh, but it's well into 800 and... How are you measuring this? 22 pages. All the, lady, all the ladies want to know, how are you measuring that? What, excuse me? <laughs> uh, from the bottom uh, to the yeah. top. <laughs> no. So, okay, this is it's one of my favorite books, and it's a nonfiction, and the reason why I like it is... So, giving synopsis wise, nonfiction means that it's it's based on uh, it's basically true. Correct, correct. Yes. It's based on a true story for people who don't. Correct. Know yes. yes. Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you mean you were just trying to confirm for yourself? Yes. Uh huh. Continue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. No. It's synopsis wise. All it is is it's just a biography on George Washington, and I've awesome. always found him beyond interesting. I think he's a very interesting leader. Obviously, I think. He had an interesting past, but, you know, I don't respect the slavery part of him or anything else, but he also was someone who stated that he wanted to get rid of it um, when the Continental Congress met and that kind of stuff. But later on, he just knew it wasn't the right time for the country and that the country ultimately would not agree and it would create more divide inside of the country at that time when it's already in such a fragile state of just becoming together but anyhow he didn't even want to be president that's what was so crazy and and so i respect him a lot he's one of my favorite leaders and i love his quotes and i he i think he's amazing um but that is one of my favorite books of all time and i've read it once and i'm trying to read through it again it's just quite a doozy to read but it's difficult because it's just a long long story and there's like yeah there's cool battle scenes it talks about the stuff he's been through that kind of stuff but it's hard because there's not a lot. Versus, I'll be completely honest, I'm a fan of fiction books. So books that are fantasy, um, based on something that's not real. I love those because I really feel like I get enthralled into the story better. Like, right, there's right. always some action and adventure. And I love adventure books that's like, um, I remember, oof, I, I loved a, like, a lot of the teen fiction books is what I read a lot of. Um, <laughs> but I really enjoyed a lot of the, like, um... There was uh, the magic lamp, I think is what it was, or something along those lines. Um, and then I enjoyed, you know, I grew up in the theme park industry, so Kingdom Keepers, which was a book series that was based upon Disney, but it was an adventure inside of Disney. So these kids had adventures uh, after night and that kind of stuff, and how things would come alive inside of the Disney parks and that kind of stuff. It was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, it's. I, I think you have to read the right book, because the certain ones will lead you on an adventure. And I remember... I loved books for the sake that when I was younger, my mom, I think I talked about this with the past pod, podcast, is she would so. catch me with a flashlight reading underneath my covers because I would get so stuck into a book and I'd love it. I'd want to keep going and going and going. 
So I think it's all depending though. You have to find the right one that really captivates your attention and makes you just want to keep reading, you know? Yeah. I, I read some, you know, I read some good ones. There was, there's one that I'm like determined to try and find. And, and for the life of me, I've had a, a hell of a struggle um, trying to find, it was a bio, well, it was more or less a journal uh, of a guy who was in World War II. And uh, it was a really good book. And I've, and I, I read it probably in seventh or eighth grade or something like that. And uh, I've always been fascinated by like the World War II era and uh, everything that went on during that time. And I loved this book. It was it was crazy good, and I was really stuck into it um, about you know this guy's experience and like everything that uh, happened and that he went through. And and I but just remembered it and thought about it maybe like a couple years ago. Dude, I cannot remember what it was called. I can't find it. I've tried to just Google and search for um, the cover just to see if I, you know, I, I feel like I can distantly see the cover in my mind and I can't find it because I'd like to read it again. But, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the heck out of whatever that book was. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, and then uh, I, I like a good novel periodically. Like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but one of my favorite novels of all time was a book written by Jimmy Buffett. Um, which was, it's called A Salty Piece of Land. And I read it in, I think I was in ninth or 10th grade as one of those, like, uh, you know, you can either finish your schoolwork this afternoon or you can read a book and you get a free pass. And I was like, well, I'm going to read a book. And uh, I've always, I grew up on uh, Buffett's music. So it was like, well, I didn't even know he had written books. He'd written several. And uh, so I had, uh, I read that book and I was like, damn, like that was a really, good book like i enjoyed the heck out of it i've read i've read some that are good it's just it's one of those like i don't know it's just like with tv shows for me like if it doesn't capture me quickly then i'm usually out i get that i i've done the same thing when i used to go to the library often when i was a lot younger i don't anymore at all um but library what the, what the library um uh, when i used to go a lot more a, a lot more often there we go i was like i feel like that wasn't proper english but anyhow when i you tried. used to go a lot more often I um, would pick up books and I'd start reading them. And I there were some of them I would pick up. I saw the cover, read the back. It sounded interesting. And then I just started reading it and I was like, oh, oh, this sucks. There's been a couple <laughs> of them I, I've gotten too. Like I've done um, like Amazon Kindle. I had one of those for a long time. And I think I still use it occasionally on my phone or my iPad. And I'll start reading them, especially if I'm going on a flight or something. It's my way of just kind of passing the time. Right. And a couple of them like the build is so freaking slow that it's like, all right, I, I'm sorry. I don't need to keep hearing about how they're spending time in their house and doing nothing like, Oh, Oh, another good book. The hunger games. Fantastic. I know the movies were good, but the that's what books I heard. Were well, awesome. let's, let's dial it back just a tad. When we say the movies were good. Oh, uh, okay. The, yeah. Fair point. Yeah. Mockingjay yeah. bad. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed the first one. The first one, the first one was, the second fantastic. One was okay. Yeah, first one was great. I mean, this is the, the order of the trilogy. Okay, first one, pretty good. You know, it was good for someone. I didn't read the book, and it made me want to. Um, second one, it's like, oh, okay, you know, like, I hope the third one gets better. And then the third one, it was like, can't believe it just wasted my time. <laughs> well, we did, and the worst part is they split it up into part one and part two. It's like, yeah. really? We had to do that? Well, they did that with um, the final Potter book. Oh, um, and I think when they did that, like all a lot of other franchises got the idea that that's what they were gonna do. Listen, I and, uh, I loved the Potter series. I thought the movies were 
pretty freaking good. I thought they were pretty freaking good. Other right. than Deathly Hallows Part 1, which is the seventh book, Part 1. which is You could tell they were stretching it. Oh, they stretched it so freaking far, man. Yeah, and, yeah you could tell. And it was, all it is is it's just walking around finding... Okay, spoiler alert at this point, all right? They're just walking around finding yeah. horcruxes, and that's literally it. And it's just conversation and Ron whining all the time. And you never seen Lord of the Rings? <laughs> it's true, though. What it's true. Me? It just was so annoying. And Harry, but Dumbledore doesn't love me, you know, and all this. Uh, oh, at a certain point, it was like, okay, they stretched oh. it way too hard, dude. Yes, yeah, they they did. And you know what? Like, I read the first up until I read through the Goblet of Fire, so the first four. Um, and that's that's a big accomplishment for me, somebody who doesn't read. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I had read the first four books, and I've seen every movie, and I could even tell that it was being stretched out. Like, I asked my wife, Patty, because she was very into the books, like, went to the midnight releases for the books, and, um, and midnight releases for the movies. She loved, uh, she loved Harry Potter, and, um... It was, uh, it was, it was interesting, because we went and watched it together in the theater, and I was like... Like this just seems it seems drawn out. Like you could tell it was drawn out. But the second I thought the second part was pretty solid. Like I enjoyed at least the ending, I guess. Um but uh, that leads me to ask you like so I, it's a two-part question. I'm going to ask you since we're on the subject, okay. I feel obligated. Uh what is your favorite Harry Potter book and what is your favorite movie adaptation? Ooh, that's a tough one. So they don't have to be the same. Sometimes it's different. Oh, that's so tough. So, okay. I'm going to give you a tie on the books, okay? I loved The Philosopher's Stone. I thought that was really good. And and the reason why is because I think it does a really good job at starting the story and starting the beginnings and really gets you hooked into the series. And I think it's really cool. It kind of really introduces the characters as how young they are and it really enthralls you into them, right? But right. I'll also add... Um, I really, really enjoyed Prisoner of Azkaban. I thought that was an awesome book. I thought that was really, really good. Um, I, I and, and also, I think there's a nostalgic portion for Philosopher's Stone, but that's a different side. I, I really enjoyed um, Prisoner of Azkaban. I mean, in the books, I really, really loved Sirius Black. I thought it was a fantastic yeah. character. And uh, Remus Lupin and that kind of stuff. Remus Lupin? Remus Lupin. Um, yes, yes. I absolutely loved his character, especially in the book. I I adored him. Um, the book really does more justice of you falling in love with the character, and then obviously the the bad parts later on. Uh, I'm not going to reveal it because, but uh, the bad parts later on. Um, but it, it makes you enjoy the character a lot more, and also see the 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 sad parts of the character because of his conflicts. Um, right. But movie wise. It's such a hard. I, I'm, I'm gonna say Goblet of Fire. I think Goblet of Fire is by far one of the coolest, just because of the competition. It I makes read. it so much more exciting. And I wish I will say the one thing I wish they would have included in Goblet of Fire is the Sphinx. Um, where yeah, that would have been pretty. Cool. Yeah, just because for those who who only saw the movies and didn't read the books, the Sphinx basically did a. Um, uh, would you say like a question and answer kind of thing? A riddles? He asked riddles. Uh, he asked like three or four riddles inside of the maze. And I thought that mm -hmm. was kind of a cool por portion of the story. 
Um, well, if there was ever a time to stretch a stretch one, that probably would that would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think they did a really good one in that one, keeping you captivated the entire time and kept you going. Uh, but yeah, I I definitely have to do that as well as I'm a big fan of Emma Watson. I'm just gonna be straight up. I think she's, huh, I think she's amazing. Um, yeah, but I tend to agree with that. she absolutely looked amazing in that movie, and that's all I'm gonna leave it at. But yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, it's really hard for me because I uh, I loved I loved Prisoner of Azkaban both ways. Uh, I did. Oh, it so you was, go both ways? Oh, you could say that. <laughs> uh, I really, I really, really loved it both ways. But I don't want to pick it both ways for the sake of not being like a a samesies, you know. So I, I will say that my favorite book, I think if I'm not going to choose Prisoner of Azkaban, was um, I really liked the Chamber of Secrets book. I really did. Like, I, I enjoyed uh, the heck out of it because I think that was the one, like, I I saw, um, well, I guess the movie was The Sorcerer's Stone, Philosopher's Stone, the book, but I saw the movie before I read the book, um, and then I did the four books, and uh, I think it was really the Chamber of Secrets book that, like, really got me interested, <laughs> you know? And there was a lot of things I really liked about it. And, um, you know, I, it's been so long that it's hard for me to go back and, and from the book, like, pick certain things out. But, like, I remember at the time uh, I was in elementary school in the fifth grade, I think, when we did. So, basically, when I read these books was, um, and I say read, I guess that's probably not the right way to put it. But we did, uh, my teacher, Mr. Kearney at Alamakani Elementary School in Jacksonville, Florida. I don't know if he happens to stumble across this at some point. I was a big pain in his ass. So I guess I'm really thankful. <laughs> at least you admit it. <laughs> I, I was, man. And he tried to look out for me. He really did. And I was just a little jerk at the time. But he, um, we did like a lunchtime, like, you know, like Audible. Now, it didn't exist at the time, but books on tape where we listened to the Harry Potter books. And, uh, he, you know, when I get in trouble, he'd be like, I know you come to lunch and listen to the books. If you get in trouble, like, you weren't allowed to come. And uh, and I, he's like, you know, you got to behave so you can come. And I did literally just for that. Like, I, I made sure I kept myself out of, like, screwing up too much. But um, Did you guys do AR I, tests at your no, uh, school? I don't, think, I, I don't think so. AR tests, can you elaborate? So sir? AR tests, it stood for accelerated reading, I think is yes, what it was. Yes, yes, we did. Okay, we okay, did. okay. And, and no, I didn't have. You, oh, really? Okay. So yeah. for those who don't know what AR tests were, I guess it was more our generation, right? I guess like early 2000s? Yeah, they started it probably on my old, I think my older sister's generation. She's three and a half years older than I am. And I remember her, because she passed it. Like she could kill a book in a heartbeat. Like Nancy Drew, Boy, she'd go, we'd go to the used bookstore. My grandma would take her to the used bookstore, and she'd pick out a couple books, and then she'd go sit on the, don't laugh, go sit on the toilet and uh, and finish it. <laughs> yeah. <he's, laughs> she'd go sit on the toilet and finish it in a couple hours. Like, it was amazing. Like, she was a really good reader and passed that test. Huh. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, the AR, so explaining for everybody who doesn't know, the AR tests were basically you read a book, and you attempted to usually they tried to incentivize kids by reading as many books as possible by um like they said like oh if you get i don't know i must say like if you get 50 ar points by the end of the quarter like 20 ar points by the end of the quarter and each book i think is worth a certain amount of points depending on the length of it or complexity of it um 
if you get X amount of AR points, which are basically tests uh, mm-hmm. on the book. So it asks like different details on the book, whether it was like, um, who were these characters? What was the conflict they went through? You know, that kind of stuff. And it was multiple choice questions. It like, um, like for the Harry Potter books, it could be like, um, for, I guess, Sorcerer's Stone, who ended up being, uh, had Voldemort on the back of his head and it would go down to like Professor Quirrell, blah, 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 blah. And you'd have to select the right answer and you'd obviously have to pass the test and then you get the amount of points for the book. So they incentivize right. kids by saying like, oh, if you got 20 AR points by the end of the quarter, you'd, we'd do a pizza party or an ice cream party and that kind of stuff to try and get kids to read as much as possible. And uh, yeah, it just made me think of that is, is going through all those. And I used to try and read as many books as possible, but then I ended up learning so when I was younger, I did read a lot of the Bernstein Bears books because I loved the Bernstein Bears. Bernstein Bears. I loved the Bernstein Bears books. I always thought they were so cool. And uh, I ended up learning quite quickly that those didn't add a lot of points for my AR points because they weren't long enough. They were only like one point versus other books were like three, four points. And you right. just had to keep going. But yeah, no, I remember it was that was interesting. I feel like only... Our generation would know that. I feel like the generation after us has no clue what that is. No, probably not. Probably they do things very differently now. Apparently, I mean, they do. What's their new? Is it like a new multiplication? It's like a new math thing they do. Oh, Common Core. Yeah, I don't. I don't. The Common Core standards. I wasn't good at math, anyways. I don't need people to change it. You know, as a moral story. Listen, I carry a calculator in my pocket. Yeah, remember when they told us we'd never be able to do that? (laughs) I remember. You're not going to be able to carry a calculator everywhere you go. I remember a teacher saying that. Yeah, bitch. (laughs) I am. (laughs) I know. I remember teachers telling me that they were like, you're not going to have a calculator everywhere you go. Well, actually, I do. And how does that make you feel? Matter of damn fact, Susan, (laughs) I am. Miss Tooker. Susan Tooker. Susan Tooker. Crazy old biatch. <laughs> it's true, though, man. They always said you can't carry a calculator everywhere you go. Little did they know that the innovation of technology or would bring us where we are now. They would say, college, we're preparing you for... I mean, in elementary school, they would tell you this. They'd be like, well, for college, it's going to be a lot harder. And in all reality, college, I don't have a degree, is a lot easier for the sake that it's more laid back. They'd be like, well, expectations in, in college are so much higher. And it's more like, not really. Most of the professors, you're kind of like, listen, do your work and that's all I ask. And pay attention yeah. and participate and that's all I really ask and you'll pass. But they acted like it was like, no, you're going to be writing 70 page reports every night. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Getting jazzed. They get you all jazzed up for nothing, you know? Yes. And then you go into debt for $80,000. Good luck, you know. Yeah, pretty but pretty I mean, damn much. It is, and that's exactly why, you know, like the, the sensible side of me um, in the process of thinking about it was like, no, I don't think I will. Yeah, I think it's all depending on what you want to get into. I think it's true. Certain places. There's some things obviously you're obligated. Yeah, absolutely. There's certain things that obviously you're obligated to do it because they're not, you know, want some scrub to uh, step in and, and, uh, you know, do certain items like, uh, I don't know, maybe be a doctor or a lawyer (laughs) or something like that. But like, I don't know. I feel like there's so many things, especially nowadays that you can 
teach yourself to do. Like I, I'll be completely honest with everybody listening right now. I am an IT professional. I work with computers. I've always been um, very into technology and so on and so forth. And uh, I don't have a college degree. I don't have any certificates. I have literally taught myself everything that I know how to do. And the, the easiest way for me to get where I am is to work my way in the door and demonstrate what I know how to do. And as I've taken on additional responsibilities, like who would have thought five years ago today, I would be, you know, programming network switches. I don't have no, I don't have a network certification. I don't have anything like that, but I know how to do it. And, uh, and I do it to a certain level. And, uh, do I get paid for it? Probably not. But I mean, I, I also attribute that to working for a theme park. Um, you know, uh, but it's, you can teach yourself how to do anything if you give yourself the right opportunity to do it. That's hmm. the moral of the story. No, it's true. It's true. I think it's all depending on what you're going into. I was actually listening to, uh, talked about this in the past. I enjoy Dave Ramsey and his podcast. And, yes. Um, yeah, Patty's big fan. One thing he threw in there, actually, that they had is uh, somebody was saying, like, you know, am I required a degree for sales? You know, I, I really want to become a sales manager in this company that I'm working for. And they were like, no degree will teach you how to be a good salesperson. Absolutely not. The yeah, only I way you can learn to be a good salesperson is by doing. And yeah, and that's one of those places. Yeah, well, that's one of those places you learn it by doing, right? I, I would think it's more by experience and it's more by learning. You know, obviously you have to learn the financials and how that works. You have to learn all of that and why, you know, money and how it all works and, and profitability rates and yada, 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 and incentive if you're doing incentives, that kind of stuff. Run race. And you're awfully good at it, sir. You're awfully good at it. Well, thank you, sir. You have no, to no, learn. Why did I tell you otherwise? <laughs> <laughs> you have to learn it, but it's one of those things to where that can be taught to someone, right? Versus the skill of dealing with people and learning how to sell to people is one that cannot be taught. It's one that that it has to come naturally, or or it doesn't. You know, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And, and you know, it's, it's funny. It's like um, so. My friend Brandon. Um, had talked before about, cause he's, I mean, like when I tell you he could sell ice to an Eskimo, like I'm not kidding. Like he's probably, you know, one of the world's greatest bullshitters that I've ever met. Like he can, he can get it done, but he's not like a shysty bullshitter. He's like a, like he can really sell you on something, but he's not going to sell you on something that's not of quality is the moral of the sure. story. He's worked for several different companies. He was a VIP tour guide for Universal for several years. Um, he worked for Lowe's for a while, selling uh, for Lowe's. Uh, he now works for a fencing company near where he lives, and he does an excellent job. Everywhere he goes, he's always been their top guy by a wide margin. Like for Lowe's, like uh, for the entire state of Florida, he was he was I believe number well, the entire United States was in the top five, which is ridiculous. Um, and um, but he's really good at what he does, and he's like, oh, you know, we can, can I get you into sales? Some people enjoy it. Some people really enjoy that thing. I'm not saying I don't think I could do it because I've done it in the past and I've been successful at it in the past. It's just not my thing, man. I just don't like the pressure of that's what I got to do, especially people who work off commission and like that's like you, your sale is dependent, like your livelihood's dependent on your sale. I will say some people. Um they're really good at, and I guess it makes them really good at pushing themselves, at pushing themselves further. And, and by looking at, well, in order for me to continue getting paid in order to, I guess, <laughs> feed myself, I'm going to have to get X amount of sales and it pushes you. Um, I think yeah. commission works in that sense, but 
I don't know. I've never worked for commission sales ever before in my life. I'm more of a support sales is what I do. Uh, and I work with uh, partnering with other clients and that kind of stuff is, is, is my job is a partnership and relationship manager more so. Um, and I enjoy that side a bunch more because I will 100% admit I am a relationship builder. Um, <laughs> sales, I, I think I could do like typical regular sales, but also I've never done it before. So exactly what you said, commission scares the crap out of me. Yeah, um, I think you'd be pretty I, good at it though. That's, I'm not just gassing you up. I mean. <laughs> Thank you. Hair toss, <laughs> hair flip. Thank oh you. my God. <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. Some people, it motivates them. It pushes them even harder to succeed. And I don't know. That's the way I see it. But sales is, is interesting. It's one of those things. And there's many other careers out there. So if there's anyone listening who feels like I have to get a college degree in order to succeed, you don't. Nope. You can succeed and be just as good by um, being who you are and putting in the effort that you have and finding the career path that doesn't need it. Um, if you really don't want to, you don't have to. And if you do, more power to you. I 100% yep. say you're you're a better person than I am. You're more educated than I am, I guess, in a sense. But yeah, I mean, I don't so know. That's that's all I really that, have so to wrap it how up. How smart is that? But you know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> But that's what I that that's my two cents, right? That's my two cents. Yeah, I, that's it. That's it. Absolutely, I agree. Okay, you uh, about ready to uh, wrap this thing up here, sir? Absolutely, absolutely. I have something different for you to end this episode. Instead Ooh. of a um, you know quote of some sorts for inspiration, I figured I would incorporate from my database a dad joke. Oh, great! A database. God bless it. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. So uh, let me ask you, Max. Uh, what do you call a bunch of sheep? tumbling down a hill i'm trying to think so i can beat you to it um sheep rolling down a hill yes i don't know a lamb slide god bless it i didn't <laughs> see that coming <laughs> yeah i figured that'd be a nice way to leave this one <laughs> i thought it, i was thinking it was gonna be a, a play on wool but that's a good one that's a good yes, one yes a, la a lamb slide a Never lamb forget. slide is that is isn't that the song that um, Fleetwood Mac sang? Lamb yeah, slide. Yeah, this lamb slide will bring me down. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, thanks everyone for uh, joining us on another episode of Rag Chew. We always appreciate you listening, uh, and don't forget to check out our holiday drive, 2020 holiday drive that we have going on, uh, benefiting Building Pathways Foundation. Uh, if you're able to donate, feel free to go onto our Facebook page at Rag Chew Podcast pinned at the top of the page feel free to donate any amount and if you're not able to um please consider at least sharing it with all your friends in order to uh get more exposure to everyone and get to people who uh, are able to donate and uh don't forget to check out onceuponatea.net as well and uh use promo code rag2 to save 10 percent off at checkout and to support the podcast and um i think that's how i have all that's all i have oh wait 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 i forgot something Kate. howard dean take it away yeah!